Welcome to the Church on a Hill podcast with Tim Sievers and Pastor Corey from Palouse Federated Church in Palouse, Washington. We're glad you could join us for another edition of the podcast. And this is a soup supper, Lent soup, soup supper su- edition. Ooh, somebody's excited about the I soup am. supper we edition. Get real soup. I hope they have real soup out there, Tim. Not yeah, just, if, if you... Not if, just virtual soup. Yeah, if, if you don't have any, pause right here, go make some soup, and then... Come back and join us, and you can eat with us uh, as we as we uh, engage in a little bit of uh, community and fellowship here, and talk about what we would have been talking about if we had been able to get together uh, tonight for our regular soup suppers, which is this book by Carrie Newhoff. Uh, didn't see it coming, um, and uh, we've been tackling. Uh, one thing each week that we don't see coming, but that impacts uh, each of us in some way and can kind of uh, get us off track in life. And this week we have a special guest who's joining us to so excited talk about the issue of pride. Um, so that's kind of exciting. We've we've not had a virtual guest uh, on the on the. Um, on the computer before for the podcast, yeah. so it's going to be fun. This is new for us. Yeah. We're, we're all about doing new things around here lately. <laughs> yeah, got to figure out how to do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. You want to get some soup? I do, I do. So, uh, hey, Tim's uh, over there, and I'll, I'll give a couple announcements, and then Tim and I are going to chit-chat a bit. Uh, but uh, we, we had... Well, I'll, we'll chat about yesterday oh, yeah, a little yeah. bit later, but uh, Palm Sunday is coming up. You're going to receive in the churchwide email or maybe on social media, you'll find this. This is a virtual palm. This is not an April Fool's Day joke, uh, but we're going to be sending you know sheets where you can color your own palms. Uh, you can make your own if you don't want to use this uh, cutout, uh, but uh, you can get this and color it green or color it whatever you want and... Wave your virtual palms on Palm Sunday as part of the the worship service that we're going to have. And uh, so that's coming up. We are going to do a Palm Sunday virtual talent show. So we're asking for folks to send in their talents uh, to, you know, record something or take a picture of artwork you've done or maybe it's an audio recording of something you sang. Um, Kids, families, you can do skits, whatever, tell a joke. Send it in to us, Tim1M, that's T-I-M, at palousechurch.org, or Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, C-O-R-E-Y, right? Yes, uh, yes. At palousechurch.org. Uh, send it to one of us. We'll, we'll make a video all together. They're due by Saturday, April 4th at noon. We're going to put together a talent show video, and then we're going to release it Sunday night, the time we would normally have a talent show to raise funds for camp scholarships. Right. And we, we still want to have fun together, even though we are choosing not to gather together. So we're going to do that. Virtual Palms, Palm Sunday Talent Show, um, do it. Be part of it. Uh, we are still figuring out things for Resurrection Sunday. Tim's diving in before the blessing. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I usually do it and I forgot. <laughs> we... we uh, we <laughs> you were talking. I thought it was, I was my talking. chance to That's get okay. some food. That's okay. That's yeah. okay. Um, we are going to figure things out for Holy Week. We're still going to have a Monday, Thursday service, yes. virtual service, and a virtual uh, Good Friday service, and more will be coming out about that. And we're th- figuring out things for Easter or what we call Resurrection Sunday. We don't have all the answers to that yet. 
We don't know what we're doing. We know we probably won't have a huge gathered service in the sanctuary. Um, so we'll, we'll announce other things coming up. Um, but, uh, yeah, for now, we have our virtual soup supper. And, yeah, yeah. you know, we've been figuring out different ways to... Uh, to share things here in the church and we've been somebody came uh betty sawyer brought us this unleavened bread and uh you know we've been making it better with the new uh butter flavored uh disinfectant spray that's out there and so you know uh this 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 is surprisingly yeah, good now a shot do i have to sanitize you might want do i don't know i mean i just touch it i did just so wash my hand but surprisingly good, butter-flavor disinfectant. It's a new thing since COVID-19's come out. We've heard that there's also bacon-flavored uh, disinfectant. Yeah. I prefer butter-flavored on my bread pro products. You might prefer bacon-flavored, whatever. But it's good that these things, you know, innovation is coming along You're right. in this COVID-19 season. We have to adapt and overcome so you can both disinfect and, you know, uh, butter your bread. Yeah, that's you pretty know? awesome. So, so thank the Lord for butter flavored disinfectant. Lysol and yeah. Okay. Uh, can I pray for us today? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I messed it all up. So please do. Lord, we thank you for this food and for this day and for this discussion that we're going to hear from Brenda. Thank you for our church family and thank you for your love for us. Uh, thank you for this food and all the food people are enjoying out mm -hmm. there. Yes, Strengthen us as your church, as your people to do the jobs you've called us to do. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, just a bit more chit chat, and then we'll we'll hand the floor over to Brenda. Yeah. Um, we had quite a day yesterday. We had like we six did. six weather weather systems, systems in one day. <laughs> we had hail and rain and snow. something called grapple, grapple, and snow and um, thunder and lightning. And the big news yesterday for us, something that mm -hmm. doesn't happen that often, was we had an earthquake. An earthquake. Yeah. You and I were both in the building, separated by distance, because oh, yes, that's how we roll. This is like as close as Tim and I get here. This is an eight-foot table, I think, isn't it? Sure, we'll sure. go with that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the building started to move a bit. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was crazy. And we were both like, what's, go <laughs> what's going, what's on? going on? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, the walls are moving. My monitor's shaking. I don't know. I think it's an earthquake. I heard a lot of people, so. they thought it was their cat or their dog. I thought I was tapping my feet like I do but sometimes. Like a, like a nervous And I looked at my legs energy. like yeah. I wasn't tapping my feet. My whole <laughs> table was shaking. And uh, like, oh, there's an earthquake. Yeah. yeah. And it so. lasted quite a while. So, yeah, it was, turned out it was about six and a half magnitude, oh, right? that so, butter flavor. Oh, is it so good? Mm-hmm. I feel cleaner. <laughs> That's good. That's mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, like six and a half down there in southern Idaho. And mm -hmm. uh, I know we have some family down there that Tracy checked on and everybody's okay. And, I'm, you know, I don't know what it – I'm curious if, if, like, what was it up here? You know, what did it feel like in the magnitude spectrum? Or was it – does it not even register? Well, I think it registered. Uh, we, we we felt it pretty good here. Yeah. So that was that was fun. It was interesting. And, and yet some people didn't feel it. So yes, that that was strange too. I was like, how yeah. could you not notice that? But I guess everybody's circumstance is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. so, so we cool. need to introduce the topic a little bit. Uh, we're talking about pride because the book uh, didn't see it coming talks about it. It's one of those things that can take any of us down. Um, and 
God obviously calls us to be humble people, you know. Um, but learning how, learning humility and practicing it are challenging things. And um, so Brenda, Brenda Boyd Brown, a uh, member of our congregation, um, volunteered to do this section, and I'm excited to hear what she has to say. So we should turn over the floor to her, don't you think? Cool. So what, what we're going to do is Tim's going to go behind the camera, and I'm going to get the laptop up here. You tell me if it's the right angle. That looks great. Okay, then you tell me when you're ready, and what do so I do? Press the space just bar? Just press the space bar, and we're good to go. Okay, and we're going to just eat quietly. Yeah. Okay. So welcome, Brenda. When Corey asked me if I would consider the seven challenges that Newhoff had written about in the book, Didn't See It Coming, to see if any of them resonated enough with me to talk about them at a soup supper, I was intrigued. Um, and I enjoyed reading the book. Um, well, we don't get to get together over soup, but um, I am still willing to share the thoughts that I, I had after reading the book. Um, when he asked, I thought, well, of course, one of them would certainly resonate with me. I'm, I'm human which means I'm a sinner, right? And, of course, I would have fallen into one of those pits that um, Newhoff wrote about in his book. What surprised me, I guess, was the degree to which the section on pride seemed to capture a central component um, of my life, um, my professional work. So let me tell you about what uh, Newhoff's thoughts on pride have, sh pride have, have shown me about myself. Um, I'm hopeful that it will be something that you can learn from, uh, but in truth, Corey's asking seems to me a bit like what I would call a God thing. Um, God wanted me to reflect on the role of pride in my sense of self um, and my relationships with other people and with God. Um, in truth, God has been working um, on this with me for a while. And sharing my story with you is a way to consolidate my thinking, as we educators um, like to say. So, Corey, thank you for listening to God. Thank you for asking me and giving me the opportunity to follow God's invitation to reflect and to listen and to learn. Because my thinking about pride focuses on my work life, I need to tell you a little bit about my job, my profession. Uh, you need to know that I'm a college professor. And I will admit to there being pride in that statement. <clears throat> I didn't grow up in a family of, of intellectuals, smart people, but not intellectuals for whom education was, higher education was a given. So I've often felt pride about the PhD behind my name and the title of professor. Um, but that pride, as Newhoff tells us, can become a problem. And in fact, it, it did and it does for me, uh, but maybe not in the way that you might expect. When I began my job, um, my current job, more than 25 years ago, the department um, and an institution of higher ed uh, that I work in was focused really on undergraduate education. Um, there was a small graduate program. Um, and I was rewarded for being a good instructor of undergraduates and a good departmental citizen. That was enough. 
Um, and that recognition, that affirmation provided me with a sense that I was okay. And for me, that external affirmation became very important. I was okay because someone in power thought I was okay. That meant I wasn't checking in with God to see if what I was doing um, was the work that God intended for me in my life, but instead was relying on the fact that people with some authority or power in the institution where I worked thought I was okay. Um, nonetheless, God was there quietly reminding me of who I am, what I value, and what kind of work I was placed here to do. More on that quiet work in the background in a minute. Um, over time, my institution began to change. Um, there was an increasing expectation uh, for research and not only the kind of small scale homegrown research studies that I had been doing, but work that required national funding, work that got recognized in the press and was rewarded by the powers of the institution. That's not necessarily a bad thing. And I, I wanna be clear that the people uh, that I worked with that followed that mandate were not, are not being criticized here. But the shift in focus became difficult for me and it's all tied up with pride and, and here's how. So there was this, this pressure to do more research and I did some research, I got some state contracts, I did work that seemed meaningful and that seemed to make a difference in people's lives, that was important to me. Um, but I wasn't striving for national grants. Uh, I was not developing a research program that would get press coverage. I was not meeting the new expectations. And this is where uh, pride became the issue. Um, I was miserable in my work life because I had allowed the external message of my worth as a researcher in the eyes of the university to become the measure of my worth as a human. I was not thinking of myself as a loved child of God, but instead as someone with no worth because I wasn't producing the products that my employer wanted for me. See, for me, the sin of pride is inherently about insecurity. I've experienced the things that Newhoff talks about, a need to be better than others, a judgmental attitude, jealousy of others' success, largely because I felt like I was not enough. I wasn't accepting uh, that at the bottom line, I am a loved child of God. And, and that's all that's really important. I was allowing the external world to define my worth rather than listening to God whisper in my ear, I love you, you are enough. You can be the person that I created you to be. Instead of going to work every day asking how I could serve God's will, I went to work feeling depressed, downtrodden, and insufficient. Every annual review was a trauma where I waited to hear how I was not doing enough, which I internalized as I am not enough. I took on more and more other kinds of responsibilities, still not the kind of research they wanted, to prove that I was enough. I worked too hard. I was in a lot of pain. Um, then I was diagnosed with cancer. While this diagnosis was a blow, I was blessed in so many ways. I had great health insurance. I had an employer who 
had been, while they'd been telling me I wasn't enough in many ways, also blessed me with the luxury of being able to stop my work while I did 20 weeks of chemotherapy and five weeks of, of uh, surgery and, and recovery. Um, during that time, I realized that I was no longer a professor. I wasn't teaching. I, I wasn't doing any of the many things that I had taken on to prove my worthiness, but still not research. Um, but people were still standing by my side. People were still loving me. People were affirming my worth. And I experienced God's love and acceptance through the people around me who showered me with love and support. So I wasn't a professor, but I was a loved child of God. I was me and, and I was worthy. Pride from external affirmation was no longer the most important thing. Instead, being me, the person that God made me to be and, and living out the values that God had instilled in me, service, compassion, teaching, that was the important thing, the only thing really. So cancer treatment gave me a lot of time to think about this, to pray about this, to reflect and consider all of what I'm sharing with you now. Um, and I would say through that reflection, the thing I learned is that through that painful process of feeling inadequate, if I looked around, God was always there. Um, during those painful years when I often felt depressed by the message of my inadequacy, um, I kept on doing the things that God had created me to do. I continued to live my values. I taught and I became a more compassionate teacher. I helped my students see the value of the work that they were preparing to do uh, because it served others. I helped them recognize that it was important that they felt good about what they were doing, not that I felt good about what they were doing. Um, I made a difference in the lives of my students and, and through them, the young children and families that they serve. I can say all that with humility because I did them through God. God allowed those things to happen. Because God was faithfully there in my unconscious mind, encouraging me to do what I was created to do, what I was put here to do, rather than the things that the institution valued more. And I'm slowly learning that if I listen to that message and approach the work with humility, the external validation from others may come, and it may not come, but it doesn't really matter. It, I'm humbly here to serve God. And I have to remind myself of that daily. It's that focus that helps me to fight off pride when I remind myself why I'm here. It helps me to fight off pride. So does this mean that I've solved this problem and I've not ever again felt jealousy or put people off by needing to be right rather than to be insecure? Of course not. I'm still a human being and I'm gonna still make those mistakes I hope those of you who know me and are listening to this will forgive me. Um, but I think that I've learned that for me, pride is best attacked by remembering who I am, which is different from my title or the work I do. I am God's child and I was placed here for a purpose, which is largely to serve. So that's my take on what Newhoff had to say about pride and, and how it can um, get us into trouble. Um, 
it did resonate for me. And I appreciate your listening to my story. I hope my experience provides some service uh, for your journey. You can't hear me, Brenda, but thank you. <laughs> oh, well, that was awesome. Um, uh, yeah, thank you, Brenda, for for sharing a a honest uh, reflection uh, from your life and how how God. Uh, can help or did help you and can help any of us um, to rightly identify ourselves that we are loved children of God we we aren't measured by our production um, uh, he 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 chooses to love us um, and and that should be humbling um, just a beautiful reflection and I thank you I thank you for it I don't have anything to prepare to add, I think we could just close in, in, in prayer. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. Father, I thank you for loving us um, as your children. I thank you for loving Brenda and walking with her in her journey of uh, finding her, her deep sense of identity in you and freeing her up to joyfully serve in the ways you have gifted and blessed her to serve and and you do that with any who will come to you, Lord, who, who will just put their hand in yours uh, to see that you love them and that you've sent your son Jesus for them and you've, you've gifted them in some way to serve and bless others. So, Lord, may we uh, admit our pride to you. May we um, find our identity in you. And we just thank you for um, being the God who humbled himself to to come to us uh, so that we could have this wonderful relationship with you. And I pray all these things in your son's name, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you all for, <clears throat> excuse me, thank you all for listening and watching. Uh, we have one more Lent Soup Supper uh, podcast that will come uh, next week. We hope you can join us for that. Uh, until then, thank you for listening to the Church on the Hill podcast, and we hope you have a blessed day.